Teen Time Presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.hk. Teen Time Podcast On Demand. Welcome back to the Teen Time Science Blog. I'm Neil Chase. We are still in the early stages of knowing what we can grow in space and what doesn't work. If we are going to venture long distances in space in the years ahead, then having food grow along the way is a valuable part of that mission. So, up on the International Space Station, a Japanese astronaut is planning to grow cucumbers on board. Satoshi Furukawa will be growing and harvesting cucumbers in orbit to see what the effects of zero gravity are on food production. He's not alone either, as a Russian astronaut is also hoping to grow tomatoes on board too. Unfortunately, though, there are strict regulations about what the astronauts can and cannot eat in order to maintain their health regimen. And so, even if the cucumbers and tomatoes are ripe and delicious looking, they still won't be able to eat them. You might have seen the images of the eruption on the sun last week. It was a spectacular sight, with solar flares blasting thousands of kilometers above the sun. These events are fairly common, and is just the sun releasing huge gas bubbles from inside it. But could they be dangerous to us here on Earth? Yes, they could, as a big explosive burst of gas, which happened to come the way of planet Earth, could at least damage satellites and, at worst, cause communication problems and power blackouts on the Earth's surface. The surges of gas travel at huge speeds from the sun and could be here in under 24 hours. However, the odds of such a strong eruption happening and coming our way. Just when the Earth was in that particular place in orbit is pretty small, and besides, there is absolutely nothing we can do to prevent this happening. So it's certainly not worth worrying about. If you could take a pill that would help you forget a bad memory, would you do it? That is a very complicated ethical question that will be debated more in the future, as a new drug has been developed that seems to be able to erase bad memories and yet leave the good memories intact. The drug changes the level of the chemical cortisol in the human body, and it seems that by taking this drug soon after a traumatic event, like a car crash or the loss of a loved one, then the long-term memory of that event would be reduced or lost altogether. So far, tests have only been conducted on mice, and so it's still unsure if the same drug would work the same way on humans. But it's another example of medicine progressing before we have figured out the rights and wrongs of having such a drug. I remember in chemistry classes at school learning about the periodic table of elements. 
It wasn't the most fun part of science classes, but it does help us understand the way elements are, with increasing numbers across the periodic table representing bigger elements with more protons in their atomic nuclei. But last week the periodic table got a little bigger as scientists recognized elements 114 and 116, though they haven't been assigned names yet. We have actually known about these new elements for a few years, but scientists are very picky about officially recognizing new elements, especially ones like this that are pretty unstable and only exist for less than one second before breaking down into something else. Also, these two new elements are not found in nature, like, for instance, copper or lead, and have only been created by scientists in the laboratory. But at least their presence will help us understand more about subatomic physics. Most life on Earth exists on the surface of the planet, or maybe up to a few meters down. However, biologists at Princeton University in the United States have discovered a new worm that lives more than three kilometers below the Earth's surface. They found the tiny worm, and it really is very small, less than half a millimeter long, in gold mines in South Africa, where miners there have to dig that deep for gold. Scientists estimate that they have been living at this depth for maybe 12,000 years, and that anything that can live so deep underground, where it is really hot, there is zero light, minimal oxygen and few nutrients is an amazing feat. This is also very encouraging in the prospect of finding life on other planets too, that light and oxygen might not be as important for life as we thought. So maybe finding life deep inside our own planet might help us discover life on other worlds too. Let's hope so. I'm Neil Chase, and that's it for the science blog for this week. Read it back again on the Teen Time website, and I'll see you next Thursday evening for more. Teen Time presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.hk. Teen Time, Podcast On Demand.